The FujiCast is an independent loading zone production. This week, Kev, I feel we should start with a... Warning, warning. Somewhere, somewhere in the UK, probably in London, there is an X100V missing, missing in action. Kev lost his. How do you do, how do, you do that, Kev? Well, uh, I was, I've was been with you all day. And well, don't missing. you start accusing me of taking it like you're 35mm now. I dropped you home <laughs> right. outside your house. Yeah. I got home yeah. and it's gone. Oh, I have not got it. <laughs> has it really gone and, gone has it gone 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 yeah i looked everywhere I, I, I looked in my cupboard of of rubbish where i put all my stuff that i never use i looked in all my bags looked yeah. everywhere yeah. Uh, and i'd uh resigned myself to the fact that it was gone and uh and then i found it again uh, <laughs> i found dra- it yesterday morning drama over where did you find it i bet it was underneath oh. the, the i bet it was underneath the driver's seat or something whole nine days later mm. uh no it was actually in the bag that i went to london with so it was in the bag all along but you don't yeah. you didn't bring a big bag it was a small bag that was the downfall you see i bought that little green kind of man sack thing well there's no there's no space to lose anything in kev i know but i couldn't remember using that bag so i never looked in that bag oh my see. god this is the worst this is the worst form <laughs> an example of man looking ever the fuji cast <laughs> I, 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 I some... didn't think it would be in that bag, so I didn't bother looking. I have some <laughs> excuse. We ha- we are having our house um, shifter brick, who is uh, an amazing um, interior designer who lives in Montreal. She I, be- is, I beg your pardon. Our house up. I beg and- your pardon. What did you say? Shift the brick. Oh right, <laughs> shift the brick. Check her Instagram out. She's amazing. And uh, but but all everything has been moved in the house. You see, and right. so the little green bag was under something, uh, and it was entirely my fault. So I'd forgotten that I'd taken it in that green. As soon as I said to Gemma yesterday morning, I think I took that little green bag. She went, "Oh, I know where that is." See, Gemma knew it. where it was without even having been on that London trip with us. She knew where it was. Yes, because Gemma does. Wife looking, yeah. I do. Husband, looking. husband looking, yeah, or man looking. Generally, Which involves Gen- not actually looking. Not actually looking. No. Well, I'm glad you found it because um, it's uh, it's a small fortune to replace one these days. I know. Or, or, I, was, well, I was paranoid. I was like, oh my god, that's I've got all of the X100s. So don't want to lose it. No. No. Anyway. Did you did you for one moment blame me in your <laughs> did you say I bet no, Neil's got it? But Gemma Gemma <laughs> did. Gemma said She did well, not. You must have left it at Neil's. I said I didn't actually go into Neil's house. I just dropped him up. Didn't even drive into his, his enormous driveway. I just <laughs> dropped him at the curbside. <laughs> I know. Well, we did tell security not to let your car back through. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it's good. Um, I'm glad you found it because um, I think that I mean you can find them now, can't you? They're not. They're not. They're they're not as rocking horse doodah as they as they were over the last six months or so, but they are still quite pricey when you do find one, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I really wanted to find it so I can uh, I can think about selling it. <laughs> no. No, I wouldn't. No. As wouldn't. you say, you've got all the X100s. Although I would if somebody offered me enough money. Would you? No. Yeah. What what's your what's your everything's going? got a price. Everything's got a price. Well what's your price then? Oh, I don't know. If somebody said to me, I'll give you three grand for it, I'd go, Yeah, all right. <laughs> I was offered I was offered two and a half grand for it about six months ago. No, not six months ago, when all the tickety tickety stuff started. Yeah, yeah. I think tickety tackety top people have moved on to some other new shiny thing now. Magpie. Oh look, a squirrel. Yeah, that's right. I think they're, they're, they're watching Peppa Pig or something now, aren't they? Oh, are they? What? <laughs> it's, a, it's an odd community. 
It is. Right. Anyway, on with the show, mm. as they say. Yeah. So um, today we, um, well, we, we haven't got a guest, but um, we're going to start doing something new from time to time. Um, we're going to look at a film, which it won't be, we're not going to give you homework or, of the one hour variety. This um, this is a 15 minutes film produced by Alex Kilby, and it's called Unraveling the Mystery of Boring Photography. And we've unraveled the film. Well, not really unraveled it, but we've watched the film and we're, we're going to do loosely a, a review later on. A bit like our books, aren't we? But we think... Um, a discussion. It, just, a just discussion. A discussion. Bringing films to you. It's, well, it's a discussion um, because this idea of boring photography is something that you've championed for a long time, Kevin. I'm saying that carefully because I don't mean that your photography is boring. I mean this idea that you've always championed of making pictures that may seem boring today that will be anything but in the decades to come. Quite. Um, Absolutely. And there's one particular picture in that film, which is a bumper sticker, which I'm sure we mm. might touch on anyway, that dates that film immediately and you think, oh. And straight away made me, because it was a political bum bumper sticker, uh, think of going out to, because I, I took a, a little time photographing the stuff that's been said about Boris over the last, what, three years. And I've got a small collection, and they may not mean anything now, but maybe in 20, 30 years' time, like the bumper sticker we're going to talk about, they'll, they'll, they'll have slightly more currency, perhaps, artistic mm. currency, uh, or mm. just interest currency. So that, that's to come. Uh, I mentioned to uh, those who support us here, pick-time.com. Um, for for your support, a couple of weeks back, Kev, you reported that you'd made. I think there was there was a moment where you were uh, during during the actual show where six hundred quid came in for you. Yes, yeah, 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 that's right, did you? I had a, a pick time order. Yeah, would yeah, you? It's in my bank account now. Well, yeah, it's spent by now, I should think. More than likely, yeah. <laughs> Petra, I'd put some petrol in the car. <laughs> Actually, I tell you what, where was I? I was where'd I gone? I'd gone to a wedding. On last Thursday, mm. uh, Devon or somewhere, I got diesel for one pound thirty nine point nine. What a litre! Where it was Asda. Was it? Um, yeah, it was Asda. Wow. And so I, uh, but you know, it's really annoying, isn't it? Because I only had I, I, I only had like a quarter of a tank empty, so I could only fill up for a quarter of a tank. Like here, around here, it's criminal. They're still doing. They're still doing it for like one seventy two. I'm telling you, there's a lot of uh, I just the people are benefiting now. I think there's a lot of benefiting going on now where it doesn't need to be going on. No, quite right, absolutely. The cost of living crisis is being as, as uh, I can never say this word exacerbated, um, made bigger. <laughs> no, that's not the word. Made, made bigger by by those what are really greedy. So, uh, yeah, so thank you. Pick-time.com for your support for this show is always a great place to go and uh, and sh and show your wares, show your photography. If you're a social photographer, I can't imagine there'll be many reasons why you wouldn't have something like this if you're, if you're selling prints. I mean, I know other flavours are available, but we've established now, Kev, that this has to be by far the best-looking one and with all the extra features that you can now use. Mm-hmm. Vlogging, so, galleries, yeah. all of that stuff. Yeah. Plug it into your lab, and away you go. Absolutely. Free one month with the code FUJICAST, capitals. And like Kev, you'll make yourself 600 quid in a week. That's not a guarantee, by the way. You've, <laughs> you've, you've got to have a wedding as good as what Kev takes. T's and C's apply. Yeah. Have you... Um, have you, 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 you Actually, saying that, that person who ordered that, that amount, I yeah. was at another wedding on uh, Saturday, and I uh, went into the... Uh, 
to, to this place, really nice country hotel. And I saw him, the, the guy who'd ordered those prints from the previous wedding, which was about 18 months ago. What? Okay. Yeah, I walked in and I, I suddenly thought, oh my God, have I looked, have I got the wrong note? Am I in the right place? Have, you yeah. know, have I gone back in time or whatever? And he came over and said, oh, I care very Yeah. I was like, uh, <laughs> oh, are you? And then I thought maybe he'd recommended me and he was a guest. And uh, oh. But no, he'd just been there with his mum who was celebrating her 70th birthday oh, the night before and was checking out. I'm hoping you took lots of pictures of him and his family and stuff so that this time he can spend a little bit more of that 600 quid type cash on you. Who knows? Right, um, <laughs> let's go for questions. Are you going first? Are you, um, I'll go first, I'll go one, Peter. Yeah. Time on a tradition, I will start with the most recent one in the thread, Spencer Wynn, all the way from Canada. Uh, remember, we had Spencer on the show, very good photographer. Yeah. Hello, Kevin, hello, Neil. I love the show, yada, 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 yada. He says, uh, Kevin, in a recent response to another listener's question, you very briefly mentioned the use of sync.com. Uh, your backups other than sync being a canadian company it also has the apparent appeal of providing unlimited storage backups i would like to know the difference between their individual plans which looks as though they do not provide unlimited storage versus their team's plans where they do offer unlimited storage i have for many years i'm going to say this in a deep voice i have for many years struggled with trying to find and establish a good storage regime Uh, it seems sync is perfect for me how do you use it in your workflow, love the show, and save them up for long drives in the car, back and forth shoots. Mm. Every drive, long drive in Canada, isn't it? Even if well, you just go into the co-op. Just go into the co-op, that's it. Yeah, see you in about eight hours. Bye. Yeah. But it, it's a long, it, they're just long, a bit like South Africa, long roads turn left at the end. Turn left at the <laughs> moose, you'll be fine. <laughs> uh, right, so, yes, okay, we did mention sync.com, and that is what I use. So sync.com is, if you, everybody will, will be, um, and obviously we're not, do nothing to do with sync.com we're not getting any money from them or anything it is a question um so say if you think of most people have heard of dropbox google drive OneDrive, all that kind of stuff so sync.com is the one that i use now because it is a lot lot cheaper for unlimited online storage i currently have 18 terabytes in my sync.com um uh, online space and uh, you do need to have the Teams account, a little bit like one uh, Dropbox does. You can have unlimited storage in Dropbox, but they force you to have three users, right. um, and it becomes very expensive. Sync.com, you do need to have two users, but it's it's approximately three times cheaper than Dropbox for unlimited storage. So on the individual plan, I think it's five terabytes is the um, uh, you know is, is is kind of the standard. But the unlimited one, you need to have two accounts, uh, not two accounts. You have one account, but you you basically pay for two users, and both of those can then be unlimited. I'm only using one user, obviously, because that's all it's just me um but i i pay for it so i'll tell you now actually um, you pay for 360 us dollars for right. the year is right. what i paid which is like i say about three times cheaper than using dropbox for similar thing yeah I, dropbox, I, I, has a, dropbox has a better interface yeah sync.com is a little uh, a little kind of clunky in terms of the interface although it does seem to be quicker in its mm. uploads as well and downloads so yep I was, I was going to drop into that conversation, Business G Suite, um, with Google, but actually you still need... I thought you needed less than five users now, but it seems that you do need five users, which means... What, unlimited? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's $60 a month, so no. I, I thought I thought they'd gone the other way, um, which was very exciting for a moment, but no, I use Google because of the different accounts that I have. 
mm-hmm. um, which adds up to be, I suppose, quite an expensive service in some respects. But then, what what price safety when you've when your business hangs on it? <laughs> and I, I yeah, always think, no, well, if, yeah, if, yeah. Google, if Google goes down, we're all in trouble. <laughs> so. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, Sync.com is the one that I settled on eventually. Yeah, yeah it I've makes been using sense. It for a few years yeah. now. Yeah. Um, this is just a comment, but I, I do have a question after that. Char- Charles Wallace on Henri Cartier-Bresson has just finished the interviews book. Um, which we did we talk about the interviews book at some stage? We must have done. <laughs> did maybe. we? I, I mean, you were chuckling like it was a long time ago. It was like maybe, maybe. Join, I, I actually, the wall. you know. Uh, as I turn around and look in my my usually uncluttered studio, mm. I now have all my books from at home right. have made their way to the studio along with various bits of uh, old furniture and things like that. Well, that's good. Gemma it? and uh, Shifter Brick have decided a, a persona <laughs> non gratis in our new looking living room. I'm still not um, absolutely sold on the idea of a company called Shifter Brick. I mean, it only it's takes not a company. A... It's not a company. It's Bethan. She lives across the road. <laughs> <laughs> but she's called it Shifter Brick. Shifter Brick, yeah, she's right. brilliant. Look her up on Instagram, amazing. You'll see her in the living room and Breezy the Whippet. Really? Shifter Brick. I'm looking yeah. up now. Shifter Brick. Shift. Is it just shift hyphen a brick? Uh, no, all in word. Shift, shift a brick. Does she have a website then? Uh, I don't think so. Shifter Brick. Maybe. And her name's Bethan. Right. Oh, here we are. She comes up straight away. Instagram. That's a good search. Number one in Google and Instagram here. Where's your house? Hey, go to the, fourth, the fourth one. Is that the, the two, she's got three pinned ones, and then the fourth one is our yeah. Look, there's crazy. you can look into Mullins' home. Look at that. You sure it's not the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine? The ninth one along with a chap hanging from the the ba- uh, the, the, the the banisters there. That looks like what Gemma Gemma forces you to do on a Saturday <laughs> if you've been misbehaving if you look, yourself. If you look at that one with Breezy, you'll it's a before and after. So you'll see in the before one, you'll see all of my photo books. And in the after one, oh yeah, they're gone. <laughs> so what's her job then? What does she do? She, she, she no, no, she's she's amazing actually. She's like a uh, well, I suppose you call it an interior designer if you look through her um, yeah. her thing. But it's mostly about kind of upcycling, recycling, um, all of that. Obviously, we you know we've had to pay for paints and everything, but pretty much everything else is. You know, she just kind of went round the house and yeah. and decided that that would look good there. This looks good here. Um, so basically, and, yeah. she took all your shit out, threw it yeah. into your office, and yeah. then and then and then Instagrammed the place. Yeah, basically. Yeah. But she's done an amazing. You know, yeah. she has actually because <laughs> me and Gemma, <laughs> it's finished now. Well, we're doing the kitchen next, but Gemma's like, Kev, we're adults. We've we've we're actually adults. We've got an adult room. Yeah, we no longer have a, a teenager. You know, student yeah. house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I see you went for the posh paint at Farrow and Ball. Oh, uh, yeah. Dear. Don't talk to me about the price of paint. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. Okay. Enough of it. It's not the interior designer show. But nice job. She has done a nice job there. And I, great I, job. I like the Amazing. positioning of a dog stapled to the uh, to the chair <laughs> yeah. so it won't get up and yeah. walk off while the photo shoot's going on. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. yeah. That brings the standard position for 23 hours of the day. Oh, is it? What, asleep on a sofa? Yeah. Um, anyway, but yeah, the, the Henri Cartier-Bresson book, he says, um, I'm careful with the word hero at this point in my life, but I certainly find inspiration in his art. Uh, I'm trying to define my own sense of photographic vision and have chosen to look at those I admire to guide my way. Neil and Kev, you've introduced me to so many new avenues of inspiration through their podcasts and blogs, and I'm excited to count you amongst them. Cheers to you, sirs. Um, there we go. Charles Wallace. 
And then there was a question from... Do you remember Judith Chalmers? Yeah. The holiday lady? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is her son, Stuart Chalmers. Hi, Neil and Kev. Loving the show and have a question about lenses for travelling. I'm planning a trip of a lifetime in November to the um, to see the pyramids in ancient Egypt. Valley of the Kings, that is. Cruise down the Nile to Aswan. So I expect to shoot street, dark temples, architecture, macro and wildlife all in one trip. I'm looking mm. for one additional lens to complement my proposed travel set. He has a Samsung um, 12mm f2. Fuji 18.14, Fuji 13, uh, 30, rather, sorry, F2.8 macro, and the 70 to 300. The choice I'm trying to decide between is these are the three lenses, Kev, knowing now what he has. Would you choose the 16 to 55 2.8, the 56 1.2, and the 60 to 80 F4? Straight away, I'm going to suggest the F6, because I think he kind of has stopped. Um, sorry, the 56. What am I talking about? Um, the 56, one, two, because he already has, um, like, a, well, he's, he's got a 12, he's got an 18, so he's kind of, and a 30, so he's, that's 16 to 55, not so necessary. 16 to 80, perhaps the same. I'd say 56, get yourself a nice, some something where you can really open up wide and maybe make some cracking portraits with it as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would, if it was me, and I appreciate it's not me, but if it was me, I would probably um, just take the 30mm macro, to be totally honest with you, because that lens, I haven't got that lens, but I know it's a stellar, super amazing macro and portrait, and it's right bang in the middle, isn't it? So you can do your, you'll be able to, to get decent pictures of the, the, the massive yellow triangles in the desert and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Um, well, no, I think you'll need the 18. When you get close to those things, boof. Yeah, a couple of steps back, it'd be right. Oh, a couple of steps. Uh, but uh, so, are you not suggesting that he takes any of the extra list? I think that fifty-six be a marvelous uh, one to take. Uh, I mean, I just like you will need it me, in the pyramids because there are some moments in that pyramid where you want to shoot into the distance and you want some. I tell you what, it's very dark in there. I've been in there, made slide pictures in there actually. Um, so you need something that has. A bit of throw. I think that 56 will be great. You certainly don't need a 70 to 300 in there. And you wouldn't. It wouldn't be the best lens for light anyway. That 56 is going to do you proud because you can go in the pyramids again. For a long, long time, you couldn't. And now they're open to the public. And I tell you what, it's just incredible. It's warm, by the way, and sometimes very tight. But I think you'll need a 56 in there. And an 18, really, 1.4. Mm. Mm. yeah maybe i mean I, I my point being if the more you take the more time you'll just spend fanning about deciding what lenses to, to take sure. a picture with sure so i would definitely keep it to a maximum of two lenses personally whenever yeah. i've traveled anywhere yeah yeah um well when you when you can find the camera again because it's in the other when I can find the camera again yeah. But yeah, I mean, definitely that thirty is 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 the choice. And then yeah, as Neil says, I, I've never been there, so I don't know. But maybe something that's going to allow you to get if you're going to be taking pictures inside in the dark, then perhaps that fifty six one point two. It is yep. a, it's it's an incredible place to go and visit. Uh, it's unlike any other experience you'll have. And it, and and it might be a bit touristy. Well, it's very touristy, and it's thronging with tourists. But oh, I tell you, when you go in there, it's it's a weird. I almost want to sound without sounding too woo woo. A spiritual experience. That's if you can just don't follow a big crowd of tourists because there are some moments where you're going up and down on small wooden plank ladders. We just you don't want to be behind people. Um, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. 
Mm. Um, for info, my camera is an XH1, which will be good, won't it? 12 for architecture, 18 for general use, 30 for macro, 70 to 300 for the Nile cruise to get pictures from the boat. Blimey. But, yeah, you're right, Kev. I think, uh, yeah. Actually, the Nile is quite wide in places, so you might need something with, um, like, 300. Just be able to get those those Nile crocodiles before they get you. Anyway. I've been in, I've been in denial for years. <laughs> Kev. Well, 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 well. I think we have time for. Do we have time for one more before? Uh, yeah, go, uh, go on. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Vlad, Vlad Yusin says hello, Kevin. Hello, Neil. I'm having a bit of a dilemma. Um, my usual and my usual end result is either a magazine, vertical book, and or horizontal video, sixteen by nine photo movie. This requires taking photos in both orientations. Sometimes even the same photo. How do you deal with it? I wish every media was just square. <laughs> <laughs> it would be handy, wouldn't it? It yeah, almost, it it almost was all those years ago with telly, wasn't it? What was it, 4-3? It does my head in that, like, photo frames, cameras 3 by 2 photo frames, 10x8, yeah. yeah. TVs 16 by 9 and now, like, YouTube, they even, what is it, um, 16 by 8 or something, I don't know, whatever. Has YouTube you, changed then? Is it changed? Well, no, there's the, the fancy, fancy pants people do it even wider and narrower, don't they? It's like you're looking through, you have to squint to look. It's like you're watching something through a letterbox. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. I agree. It is a, a pain in the butt. Uh, however, I, there's no real answer to it. I don't, uh, you know, if you have, if your, if your, um, your remit is to make movies, yeah. uh, photo movies, that is 16 by 9 orientation. Uh, and you need to put them in a book, a book that's vertical. You're stuck without. I'm. I'm not a fan of books where the print goes across the spine, um, but sometimes that's the only way you'd be able to do it. Mm. Um, otherwise, you're going to have. You know, if you're shooting at 16 by nine with the intention of putting them in the photo movie, and then it goes into a book, they're going to be way too small on a vertical page. Um, unless, of course, you 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 know, we've got plenty of books where you have to just turn it to the left mm. and look at the page the other way. Um, so yeah, it depends. We don't really, I don't really have enough, uh, context of what you're producing here right. to, to say anything, but yeah, it's a pain. Has Shifter, <laughs> and I feel your pain. Has, has Shifter Brick put any of those fancy, um, um, electronic frames in your, in your house? No, 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 none of that. Is, none of that. Is that, doesn't no. go there with Farrow and ball paint. <laughs> or is it not posh enough? Yeah. <laughs> I did say to her, I said, can I, I'm going to change some of these books for some of the other ones yeah. that have, have been sent to the studio. She said, well, yeah, you can do that, but you must run it by me first to make sure the colour scheme of the spines work. <laughs> oh, Kev, you've changed. They'll be taking your socialist card away, I'm telling you. Uh, bless her. What books are on the side? I'm just looking at the Instagram thing, but of course the picture's not quite large enough for me to work out what the books are. Learned, I don't know. It, uh, I don't know. All I know is that I, I, I now have about 200 new books in my studio. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know which ones I, I because I've been, uh, I've had, I've been around, I've, I'm basically exhausted for the last five days and stuff. Right. I've been out and about weddings and stuff. So I don't know. I don't know what survived and what hasn't. All she, I know she's is put that your, she's put your Anton Corbin one, two, three, four book. She's put that, that in the, uh, She's put that in your in your, your posh what's it um, case now, so you can't read it anymore because it's got some sort of cut glass thing on the top of it. Ah, uh, no, there's no glass there. Yeah, there is. There's a big bowl on it. 
Oh, that, yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah, and there's the uh, the little clay model that Gemma made of me on the on the bottom shelf. <laughs> <laughs> it looks here like it's got a little dangly on it as well, which I'm not sure about that, Kev. <laughs> uh, for those uh, wondering what the hell we're on about, it's actually a Buddha, the model of Buddha. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, it looks like a Buddha with a with a some sort of cap on, <laughs> and the and above it. We must put a li- we must put a link to this, by the way. And above it, yeah. there is uh, there's two little um, like milk jugs there. They look very similar to one 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 what we sold at the car boot yesterday for two quid. Eh? Well, so I should have sent it to you. Free. I should have sent it to you, Kev. You should have done because they were entirely free. I picked them up on last Sunday on the way back from church. Walked past a, a house, yeah, and they were on the on their wall, and they and there was four of them. It just said free. There's loads of stuff there, free. Yeah. So I picked up those two. So you've, uh, with the intention of bringing them to the studio because I like to do some kind of I like to do flower photography yeah. to keep me sane. Yeah. Um, but they never they never made it to the studio. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Bethel and Gemma decided they they would go on the shelf. Yeah, well, they do look good on the shelf. Yeah, they do um, look good on the shelf. Right, one more question, um, uh, and and then we'll uh, break for our film. Uh, dear Kevin Neil, I'm really a- asking this on behalf of a friend. Oh, I, I never I'm never sure about questions like that, Kev. I'm just asking, asking for, for a, friend. a friend. Yeah. He's got a rash, and he doesn't know. <laughs> he <laughs> went it... to Merthyr Didville, came back with a rash. <laughs> What's the biggest club in Merthyr? Uh, oh, um, is, is there a nightclub? I don't, know. I don't even know if there is any clubs no. there. Yeah, well, there's plenty of rugby clubs. Yeah, uh, I have a neighbour who's setting up a small business at home, making high quality cakes to order. Um, so far, she's taken orders from people in the local area uh, for things like birthday cakes, coronation celebration cakes, Eid celebration cakes, and so on and so forth. I'm not quite sure where this is going photographically, Kev, but bear with me. But it strikes me she might make more money if she made cakes for larger events. Ah, I see where you're going. Such as weddings, where the price of a cake is just one small part of the cost of the whole event. It, it seems to me like you're saying. I, I thought he was just about to say, "Well, the price of cake, you can add a, you can add a zero on the end." Uh, based on mm. your experience in the wedding industry and possibly from photographing corporate events, do you have any suggestions for how she might be able to break into these markets? Who would be the key decision makers? Is it wedding planners, caterers, perhaps even venue managers? Any advice you can offer would be welcome. He has an aside here. I've done a few product shoots of, or shots rather, of her cakes to use in marketing. Been using the, the TT Artisan 40mm 2.8 manual focus macro lens on a Fujifilm X-T4. I thought listeners might be interested to know that it's remarkably good as being cheap as chips. It's only 100 quid. My God, what chip shops do you go to? Uh, that's from Will Collin. Corporate events and wedding. Well, I don't know much about cakes at corporate events, I have to say. And if they are, if there are cakes at corporate events, I bet you they'd be made or ordered in by the uh, by the caterer. But at weddings, of course, yeah, they're, they're a separate industry altogether. And, and for a while, they were quite a big industry. In, in much the same way as, as wedding photographers, Kev, I think I'm seeing more uh, relatives stroke friends bringing cakes as opposed to professionals these days. Yeah. And I actually had a, a very, I had a, this is a, a, a salient point. I was talking to the cake lady at Saturday's wedding. Right. She was popping it onto the shelf and all that kind of stuff. Not always cake lady, sometimes cake man. 
but often cake well it was a cake lady in this case yeah. and and i was saying to her oh that's beautiful that is a lovely yeah. cake you know yeah. blah, blah 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 and then we got chatting about the industry a bit and she was saying yeah it's harder it's much harder for for them these days and she squarely squarely blamed the great british bake-off did she <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought for a minute you were going to say she squarely blamed places like Marks and Spencers, um, no, who make she, amazing wedding cakes. Not we not being paid for that, but they do. But no, the Bake Off. Yeah, said, yeah, I get it. She I basically get it. said yeah. the Great British Bake yeah. Off and lockdown together. Yeah, in it made everybody just learn to bake, and or certainly thinks they can bake, and yeah. and pretty much everybody has somebody in the family who's you know, really good at it now. And so they say, oh, could you do a wedding cake for us? God, I, I see that, Kev. That That's a very, very good point. Yeah. Because, mm. I mean, that programme yeah. is is mahoosive, certainly in the UK. And I think there are variants of it. Oh, I don't like the word variant. Uh, outside the UK as well, in different markets, different TV markets, I'm sure. sure. And and the, the Great British Bake Off anyway has been a great British export as far as telly's concerned as well. Ooh, I, hate I, it. I never thought of that. <laughs> yeah. Are you it's hating? funny how these what, what? kind of little uh, kinks in the universe can affect different yeah. things, you know. Yeah, but I, I totally yeah. get it. Why do you hate the Bake Off, by the way? I never thought oh, this. It's, it's, it's quite benign, really. Yeah. It's not anything worth hating, oh, is it? It's dull. It's, I hate, I, I just, I don't like many things. <laughs> I like, I like. Can I, can uh, we just clip that? I like that? Can, from a can, Hang on, can we just clip that from Kevin? <laughs> I don't like many things. <laughs> I like things that are not with real people who are trying to <laughs> pretend that there's something there. They want to be celebrities and all that kind of stuff. I oh, hate I you. Don't you turn the telly so. on. No. Turn the telly on these days and it's just rubbish. <laughs> no. These are people baking cakes, Kev. They're not want to want to be uh, celebs in that respect. Yeah, Although a few of them have yeah. gone on to to have good businesses out of it, but no, I quite like it. Don't don't you like it when the when you think oh that cake's melting in front of my very eyes? The I don't know. Lights. I don't watch it enough, but but you're right. I'm being I'm being disingenuous to the people that go on there. As 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 um, do you like Master Chef? Uh, what about Master Chef? Oh no, that's just I don't like Master Chef. Is a little bit better. I prefer yeah. Master Chef. I have to watch it. Yeah, but I I, I don't like what's his name the presenter. Not the guy I played rugby with once, the other, the Australian guy, chap. Oh, uh, John, John Turode. Uh, yeah, I can't stand it when he puts something in his mouth and eats. It makes me want to... Oh, he does. Yeah, he does. Something he, at the telly. Yeah, Jack says that. He's jamming. He's jamming again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he is jamming. And he, can't and, say, and, so, and he can't say pasta. He always says pasta. I always think, oh. is he talking about the person that's, uh, uh, that's at the local church just down the road? <laughs> um, anyway, we're going. We're right off. We are right the off there. The answer is, I have no idea how you become a well-respected cake. I well, would presume. I, I, I think it's probably the caterers are the people to get into bed with, rather than. Well, I don't know because I, I think they're going to be the ones that will make their own. They don't. They don't want somebody supplying when they can. They can. They can do it. Mm, I wonder. Well, do they do that though? Yeah. I, well, know, I, I, I think they do. Well, will has probably done a good thing here. I know, definitely done a good thing. You've you've done product shots of the cakes to use in marketing uh, and then i guess the next thing is really you're gonna have to go in instagramming and you're gonna it, that's and a local market get into a local market that's that's the best thing because you're not going to be traveling for miles with these cakes anyway and try and get into the uh and try and and, and try and become a supplier for for venues get no oh, those, all, those awful goddamn awful things people do on sunday afternoons what's that go to them wedding fairs <laughs> Hang on, another thing Kevin doesn't like. 
<laughs> oh, I've got a massive book of things I don't like. <laughs> what would be I've got volume, volumes and volumes of it? Well, <laughs> are they the books that are on your new shelf put there by Shifter Brick? Yeah, and I've got a little post-it note on my wall of all the things I like. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Dare, dare I ask if we're on that list? No, don't even uh, attempt to answer that question something uh, new for this week that we're going to try out over the the coming months and that is uh, films looking at films and films mainly from youtube so that everybody gets a chance to go and see the film and and experience what we experienced when when we were watching it you've watched it i assume the unraveling the mystery of boring photography film which is on the photographic eyes channel yeah i have and of course what we'll do when we do these little features is include the uh video in the show notes yeah. on the website so yeah. they can just go and look at it as well if they so wish but the idea is uh, you'll get an idea of what we're talking about purely from from the conversations that uh, are created from the content that's within the videos and this one actually is in some respects an old chestnut when it comes to something we talk about reasonably often on the show which is um which is what is boring photography and um and we talk about legacy a lot with photography and and the premise of this this film it's about william eggleston's pictures and it's called the eggleston dilemma unraveling the mystery of boring photography in which uh, alex kilby talks about well he says have you ever looked at william eggleston's photos and scratched your head wonder what the point is um, about them however when you scratch a little deeper into his photography there's a set of lessons to discover which will change the way perhaps you think about taking photographs i put the perhaps in because i'm not sure that everybody subscribes to eggleston's way of photography do you kev yeah i mean it's a very valid point i i actually quite like the william eggleston stuff i well, interestingly, I like the William Eggleston look. <laughs> yeah, which is... Well, the, the kind of way that he printed his, his prints and, you know, the film that he was using, which I think is Kodachrome in a lot of the times. Yeah. Y- you can look at, you can see a picture, William Eggleston picture, I think, and then go, yeah, that's one of his, mm. because of the way it looks, but also because of the content. And it is a little bit of a head-scratcher for some people. Let's play a few segments from this film by Alex, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about it. Boring photography. It just seems random pictures of anything. Often, you know, you look at them and kind of go, ah, what, what is the point of this? That's where most people leave this thing. However, when you start digging a bit deeper into these photographs, there are ideas, approaches, you know, ways of thinking about taking photographs that start to help you inform your own picture making process and there's a couple of lessons in here which when you look at them go wow what a revolutionary idea that they just set your mind free think your photographs don't have to have meaning often when people look at William Eggleston and Stephen Shaw and other people who were working in this kind of like 1960s, 1970s America, they would say, well, his, their, their work is so important now because, well, it's, it's full of nostalgia and it's full of, you know, oh, I want to go back and, and the world looks different. And of course it does. But put it into context and think about the world that Eggleston was working in. So all of the famous photographers, as I mentioned, the Ansel Adamses and the the Westerns and all these these serious people were working in black and white. And along comes Eggleston and all the other guys who pioneered the use of colour and they start saying, no, we don't want to work in black and white, we're going to do colour and we're going to photograph things that aren't painterly. 
for want of a better word, that they're not the things that, you know, kind of, you know, the, the, the artists would like. Okay, Kev, so Alex asks, what is real photography? And I guess really there isn't, uh, there isn't it really a, a definitive answer to that, is there? Uh, what's, what's real? Is wedding real? Is photojournalism real? Is abstract real? I suppose the only real you can attach to it now is, is AI real. And even then you could say that's artwork, couldn't you? Or, or, or art photography, rather. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, the, the AI thing has, uh, has kind of hit us mm. like a train, hasn't it? But I don't think really this video is is kind of referring to that kind of stuff. It's more about, you know, why some people like a particular picture and other people don't. Mm. Um, you know, and some people might think it's boring and others don't. For example, I don't particularly like those milky seascape type pictures. <laughs> but plenty of people do. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I find them excruciatingly boring to look at. No, you don't, you don't find that sort of peace, um, inner peace within those milky waves, do you really? No, because it doesn't look like what was there. And that's part of my makeup is I like pictures of reality, you know. So I, I, you know, I like William Eggleston stuff, even though a lot of the pictures, you know, I've got the film playing now as we're talking. And, and there's that one of the the light switch, uh, not the light switch, the light bulb hanging. But that's the, the, that's the famous one, isn't it? That that, yeah, that one, exactly. the, the red, God knows what kind of establishment he was in. It's a red ceiling, a, a red walls uh, with yeah. one bare light bulb hanging down. You know, as Alex Kilby says in his video, when you break things down, you can actually go beyond the subject. So, you know, we've talked a lot about three elements like composition moment and just simply a composition of this picture is strong. But it does not mean that the composition alone will make it an interesting picture to other people, to everybody. Usually he'd only take one one picture, wouldn't he, of each place he went to. Otherwise, he said he got a bit confused later on and he couldn't remember where, where he would be if he had lots of different choices. Uh, but there's not there's not lots of people in these pictures, are there? No, and some of the some of the images remind me a little bit of your Instagram channel where you take pictures of toilets. You know, there's one <laughs> there is one of in the toilet um, with the old fashioned curlers and all that kind of stuff. Um and, and, you know, you look at that picture, it's a, a pink toilet suite, yeah. pink bath, yeah. wooden toilet lid, oh. uh, those old-fashioned curlers and the heating mechanism that goes with it, um, toothbrush. You know, like my mum had those curlers, yeah. exactly the same as that. And this is what I've always talked about when I say, you know, take pictures of things like this because you might not think it's interesting now, but in the future it will be. Yeah. And God damn it, William Eggleston's book sell and his print sell and, you know, it's entirely, entirely based on nostalgia. Well, I think of stuff like uh, Auntie Nellie's bathroom in that respect. My, that bathroom thing, by the way, I don't go around just photographing people in toilets. Uh, just, no. <laughs> yeah, you just, might want to yeah. you, you might want to just clarify just that. Just clean that one up. Bathroom <laughs> Travels is is a is a very undersupported but um, loyal channel <laughs> on Instagram <laughs> where I photograph the strange bathrooms I find and now other people find by the way Kev so I always feel you, you can be a guestographer if you want. Um <laughs> ar- ar- around the world including recent toilets in Nepal, uh, one looking out onto a mountain. Um, nothing to stop the goat um, chap or the herder in front of you walking by and saying, oh, good morning, uh, and stuff like that. But, yeah, that, that's <laughs> that's what I mean by that. Um, mm. I can't remember where we were now. Where, <laughs> what was your, what was your the nostalgia? We were talking nostalgia. about his Yeah, oh, yeah, my, aunt, my Auntie Nellie's, Auntie Nellie's toilet. Um, she was, uh, she was a, she, she used to knit those. Do you remember the toilet roll holders that used to go yeah. uh, over? The, they were covers, weren't they? And they usually, yeah. they were like something like a sheep. Or uh, 
ballet dancer ballet, or something. Yeah, yeah, that sort of stuff. And fairy. also, yeah, fairy, that's right. At my grandma's house with soap. I think we've mentioned this one before. Soap. You know, you know, soap to look like fruits. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, nobody yeah. does that now. Can you still buy soap that's made in the shape of fruits? That's a truly nostalgic thing for me from the 70s. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, going back to the film, it, that, that is the kind of thing a lot of people, you know, like if my, if my mum was looking at this picture right now, she'd be like, I don't get it, you know, because she just doesn't have that kind of mindset. Mm. But others will. You know, that's that's why the title of the film is quite interesting in calling it the unraveling the mystery of boring photography. I don't think you'll ever get to a point where everybody likes everything yeah. you know that's just not a realistic thing and, and neither should it be um so i don't think you can unravel the mystery of such but you can certainly discuss it yeah. and uh you know i think by by focusing on william eggleston he's picked a great candidate for, for oh, that definitely. because he is a yeah. much confused photographer well no, he's not a confused photographer but people who look at his works possibly are well i think uh, there's a bit in the film where he plays a just a, a segment of, of a, another film where william eggleston is trying to answer the question you know what are you photographing and he says live today yeah and that's it <laughs> there's nothing more than that there's a huge long gap after it but he did say, and this is like when your mum says, well, what's the point? What was, uh, Alex was, uh, one thing he said was your photographs don't have to have meaning. They don't have to have meaning. But I suppose if you're photographing, as he, as he rightly points out, news, then yes, it has to have meaning because it's, there's a narrative attached to it. There's, there's something that people need to read from that picture. And actually, William Eggleston photographed, I couldn't believe that he'd photographed a wedding. Can you imagine? Most people do, though, didn't they? You know, do they, everybody does it over their times, careers at some point, don't they? Do think, but the thing that William Eggleston returned when he re returned the pictures uh, was uh, ashtrays and pictures of the sky. <laughs> Yeah, like Martin Parr's weddings when he did when he did he's done a couple of weddings the same thing has he is that what he did yeah, yeah same kind of stuff you yeah, know yeah, yeah. Um, I mean my, one of my favourite who's that um, oh Kev he came across to your ex weddings Facundo Facundo oh yeah. Facundo I'm so sorry if you're listening Facundo Santana that's it one of my favourite pictures ever of his is the picture of a wedding at the end no no I don't think there was anybody in it it's it's literally stacked tables. At, yeah. the end, at the end of a night, which says so much, doesn't it? I mean, there's a, yeah. a closing image, and I suppose a sort of Eggleston-ish kind of image. But um, yeah. what do you think of the film? Yeah, it's good. It's, um, you know, interesting. I, I, I'm i not a massive fan, I have to say, of, you know, utilising other people's pictures, you know, as, as a focal point for a whole video. Mm -hmm. But in this case, it works, you know. And then I, I, that got me thinking, actually, about why I don't particularly like that. And, and then I was thinking, actually, you know, when you watch a documentary on television or something like that, that's yeah. exactly what that is so there's no real reason for me not to like no, that because i, I mean it, ted forbes the art of photography channel that was yeah. what it was about in the early days mainly wasn't it i think yeah exactly so uh i don't know i just like i prefer it when people are using their own photos to yeah. make a point but doesn't mean it's wrong of I, course I, it's a really good video it's actually a really well 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 presented well put yeah. together video um and yeah it's it's an interesting the photographic eye is a very interesting yeah, yeah. um he's, he's, channel actually i tell you what he's done well he's i mean he's built this channel brick by brick by brick firmly over the last year One hundred sixty-two thousand subscribers now and mm. a lot of it um i mean eggleston is is for photographers anyway a well-known name but um for many who visit his channel mm. maybe a, a, an entirely new name 
because I, I suspect they're not necessarily taught it in... I was talking to somebody the other day who was doing photography A-level. I, I ran a whole load of names, including yours, Kev. They didn't get a, sing, a single name, obviously yours. It was, I thought, what are you teaching at photography lessons for A-level? Yeah, so, yeah, uh, it's, it's weird. Yeah. But. Right, well, that, that's uh, the photographics eye unravelling the mystery of boring photography, and we'll, we'll leave a link. Right, back to questions. Kev, do you want to go first or shall I? Go on, you go. Right, I've got one from Taiwan, which gives me an opportunity, Kev, to play a brand new jingle. I was searching for some music the other day, and, and I found something that goes very well with something you say. Hello, gents. Yeah. I'm, I'm Gilbert from Taiwan. Thanks, first of all, for all the wonderful shows you do. Yada, yada. Yada, 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 yada. See, there we go. There's somebody's written a song for you, Kev. <laughs> I should finish this email really fast so my colleagues won't spot me doing this in office time. Well, you better crack on then. I've got two questions. What's your, we'll take it one by one. What's your thoughts uh, or thought about the two pro neg film simulations? It's marketed to provide best skin tones. Do you agree or do you ever use it? Well, from my from my side, no, I don't use pro neg. I, I go straight up top, Kev, and use standard. And I'm very, very happy with it. And on JPEGs, I just add a, a – it's all dashes for me, a dash of contrast, uh, a reasonable amount of shadows, come down on the black slider. And that, that for me, is pretty much a finished image on that film simulation. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, I have to say I don't don't really uh, use the ProNeg ones too much, never have. Um, the, the, the great thing about Fujifilm – cameras really is all of those film simulations and there's there's like an entire what's what's the word kind of marketplace that has grown up recipes and all that kind of stuff different variants of yeah, things yeah. um well, and don't use the variant word Kev. don't use the v word sorry sorry and since you've been able to change <laughs> the color tones and all of that kind of stuff there it, you know it's really some people are being very creative with those mm. i tend to not use the standard jpeg base settings just by themselves if i'm shooting jpeg i'm usually adjusting them slightly you have some well i was going to say preset well, that's the wrong word, isn't it? But you, you, you have a setup that yeah. you, you've talked about. I think you've had it in the past on F16, haven't you? Your, your, which will now be yeah, on yeah, kevinmullinsphotography.co.uk. Yeah, but, but, um, you've had it in the past on that, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. One of my biggest YouTube videos was my your menu in 2020, my JPEG setting. Yeah, so, JPEG yeah, setting. yeah, yeah, yeah. But lots of different ones. But there's, you know, it's brilliant. But a lot of people will still shoot raw. <laughs> yeah. Know? And, uh, and then it becomes irrelevant. But yeah. yeah. Question two about HEIC images. So that's high efficiency image file. Mm. It's an Apple mm. flavored thing, mainly, isn't it? It may have started there. I think yeah. it's an open source. It might have been started by Apple for highly compressed images, typically yeah. off a mobile phone, but it's a standard. So now it's on cameras as well. It was, it was started in the last few years of the last decade, wasn't it? I think with, with the new generation of X processor supporting directly shooting in HEIC, I've become, it's very sexy that, isn't it? I've become very excited to see HEIC. No, it's not all sexy. I know I'm being <laughs> facetious, taking over the reign of JPEG for its smaller size and better quality. It should yeah. save a whole load of storage space while keeping better looking images. And it sounds too good to be true. Normally things mm -hmm. in life, Kev, if they sound too good to be true, they probably are. What about this one, though? Mm, no, I, I don't see any reason why they are too good to be true. Mm. Uh, you'll find that quite a bit of software doesn't support it that's the only thing right lightroom um, does though 
doesn't it? Poland does now. Didn't yeah. for a long time. Um, I have no idea about Capture One. I presume it probably does, but you know, a lot of a lot of apps will not support HEIC mm. files. So that's you know, just double check the app that you're using for your editing um, or processing does support it. But yeah, I think uh, from what I can tell, there's no. It, they're not slower to no. to record. No. There's there's nothing really negative about them they're just a better compression ratio than jpegs and as far as i understand it i don't know that much about it i have to say but as far as i understand it they also have a wider color gamut so should be even better quality he wonders why why people aren't excited about the the change i mean what's not to love about it i I think it probably doesn't get as wide a a kind of um, acceptance because the fact that you know so few applications will support it i think it'll probably be the the professional applications will support it yeah. um definitely the the apple kind of photos and all that kind of stuff on your phone will support it i love for example i have no idea if my android phone supports it right uh, facebook yours yes okay uh right let's just have a look do we need we more facebook here. questions are we are we in that we got a few we got yeah. a few but it's always good to have more it's yeah. always good to have and more. on the email front as well by the way click at fujicast.co.uk yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna actually scroll back a few months because there's some people we forgot I reckon. Uh, oh, here's one from our here's one from our good friend. Uh, well, I've got two, so we'll do we'll do Steve first. <laughs> we've only got one. two friends. We've <laughs> only got two friends. No, one, and that's you. <laughs> if you were on a desert island and only had one lens, you could use um, what would it be from any camera system from now or in the past? And for him, Steve says it's the Sony 24 millimeter f 1.4 GM. It's oh. an extraordinary lens, he says. Yeah. Well, if it was Canon flavored, it would be the f two thirty five millimeter. So not the expensive. Oh, one. Now listen, listen. What? You don't. You didn't hear the question, did you? Uh, if I... you only had one lens, so you can only pick one. You can't right. do one from Canon, one from Fuji, one from Sony. Blah blah blah. Well, I might be changing what? my name though. I might. I might be changing my. Um, thoughts, you already changed your name once in your life. You can't do it again. <laughs> I didn't mean name. I meant thoughts. <laughs> I am confused, as you can hear. Go on. I let this. The question is just one lens. Then is it? Yeah. Oh. As of today, I would choose the 56mm 1.2. Fujifilm. Yeah. Because when I look back, if I if I did an image count at the end of one of my weddings, a lot of the images are from that 56, and my favourite ones usually are from that 56. Mm. Which is strange because <laughs> a lot of the pictures I show on the website include stuff made at a much shorter focal length for storytelling. Mm. But I'm only allowed one, you see, Kev. Just one. When you yeah, one, so I've got to choose one. That's the one that I would choose, and I'd have to, well, I'd have to run back along the beach on this desert island or wherever we've been cast adrift with this. If one we're lens. stuck on the desert island together, we'll be covered because I'll take the eighteen mil, oh, and then we go. we'll be happy. And then Steve, we wouldn't talk to Steve really anyway. He'd be at the other end of the island. With oh, we'd have eaten Steve already. Lens. No, we'd have eaten. Yeah, no, I wouldn't eat him. I'm be, not eating him. Be toast. No. No, it would be. Yeah. No, you wouldn't know, Kev, because I'd say I'd use Kev, him as bait. Kev, I'd use him as bait to I'll get in the nice fish. No, but yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Kev, I've done tonight's supper. You'll love it. What is it, Neil? Shark. You'd be eating Steve. Finger of Vaughan. It's a finger of Vaughan. <laughs> no. A finger of Vaughan. It's just enough. To get. <laughs> Don't you dare finish that sentence. 
Uh, right. Okay. Let, I'm, I'm going to do another question because this one's been hanging around. For is it a another while. one from um, Steve? Is it? Is it one no, where, where we eat him John, on a desert island again? <laughs> it's John Sinjin. Oh yes. Remember? Yeah. Remember John? Uh, <laughs> right. I haven't read it actually, but here we go. Good morning, guys and girls. Right. Okay. Yeah. Just listening to today's pod. This was nine weeks ago. Oh. Just listening to today's podcast and following a question. Kevin Mullins Photography says mm-hmm. he'd like the mythical global shutter. Oh, you did? The powerhouse, that is the Nikon yeah. uh, Z9, doesn't use a shutter at all. So although not a global shutter, it does use exclusively an electronic shutter. Right. Is this the new way forward? No moving parts and nowhere. Mm, that's interesting. I never knew that. About I didn't Nikon. know that about the Z9 either. Well, does no. that change your mind on camera systems? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I literally have no idea how that thing works. Yeah, it must just be digital photography, like a phone presumably does it. Um, so maybe there's more processing that goes in. Maybe it's slower. I don't know. Perhaps We've got to learn how to well, learn how to say the name first. Nikon. Oh, that's right, Nikon. Um, Nikon Z9. Let me look it up. Nikon Z. Nikon Z9. Z9. Oh, I can't afford that, Kev. Uh, I. It's, it's no, not even a consideration. So I don't care what shutter it's got. What if that uh, goes wrong on the five, desert island? Five five thousand three hundred pounds. We're saying kind of GFX kind of so. price, yeah. isn't it? I suppose. Well, yeah. actually, it's not. It's more than that. GFX is about three and a half. Um, forty-five mega forty-five point seven megapixel full frame flagship mirrorless camera from uh, from what's so special about okay that it shoots extremely well at 120 frames per second with full autofocus and auto exposure tracking no other camera can run at this frame rate with this high resolution with full tracking autofocus and exposure it doesn't say anything about the sensor though does it says it? nothing the, uh... about the sensor no no just says it's very good for bird photography well, Ken Rockwell's got a nice review of it, so I'm sure if he, he knows it, his technical underpants for sure, so yeah. uh, you can you can probably look at that on there. We can massive put, camera, though, isn't it? Yeah, look at that; it's huge. huge. It's like a brick, isn't it? I mean, that's a that's a that's a weaponized thing, that isn't it? I do like if I if we're looking at like I do. I mean, obviously, I love my Fujifilm, the looks of my Fujifilm cameras, but if we're talking about other brands, I do prefer the look of Nikon cameras over yeah. Canon and certainly Sony. Sony cameras are ugly, but um, Canon cameras are not so bad. Nikon is Kevin, a, you a never better make fre- You never make friends when you're talking about Sony. Is it? Is, it, is Sony? <laughs> I've a- got I, I've got many friends who shoot Sony and they make amazing pictures with it, yeah. and that's all that matters, I suppose. But I just don't like the look at them. And, no, no, it, they look, just look uninspiring and boring. Whereas this Nikon, I suppose it comes from the fact that Nikon, you know, did some amazing 35 mil cameras back in the day and they've, they've yeah. kind of kept a little bit of that design ethic. Well, it looks, it looks very, very similar to the Nikon F5 film camera that I've got, mm. um, which is a beautiful looking camera. That too is very, very weighty. Um, yeah. Ken Batchelor. I think we've had one very similar to this because Ken asked us about AI before, but it is, um, it might be a reworded, remanufactured um, question here. Hi folks. Uh, great program etc. Doesn't say yada, so it doesn't bring on the jingle. I've been thinking a dangerous thing I know. With the rise of AI-generated images, it's going to be very difficult to authenticate images as real, making forensic or press a real nightmare. If an image is only available in digital form, it seems to me that it will inevitably be suspect. If not today, then certainly in the coming years. Is this an opportunity for forward-looking companies, are you listening Fuji Film, to produce 
specialist cameras with additional security measures. We had a very, very similar question to it, didn't we? Yeah, we yeah. did. I think it was the same question. No, because the one above it, I've crossed out. So that's the one I read. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You have. Um, yeah, I, I mean, look, all cameras these days, they, something big has to happen. I think Fujifilm have kind of started that um, process with the, the Frame.io. I call it Frame.io. It's not called Frame.io, is it? But it's the clouds, the f- images to cloud and film to cloud, which yeah. I invented, by the way. I've been talking about that for what? years on Did this you? podcast. Yes. Oh. You go back to about three years ago, and I was saying, that's what I would love to see, film and uh, f- stills to clouds directly from the camera. And then, lo and behold, mm. some very big company with lots of money when I did it. Actually, um, you also said you'd like them to be uh, uh, uploaded and edited. By the time that you've got into your car and driven home, you'll have an entire wedding done. That will happen. Yeah, that will happen. Mm. I could write the code to do that easily. But it's the it's the mechanism of, yeah, it's the mechanism. I get ChatGPT to do it for me. It's the mechanism <laughs> of getting it from the camera to the cloud is, is, is the challenge. And right now, it's all tied up in that Adobe framework. But mm. eventually, I see all cameras you know, doing that, you'll have some kind of Dropbox connection on your phone or on your camera and, uh, you know, all of that kind of stuff will I just mean, start happening. 5G is good, but it's not that good, is it? Maybe if you're on Wi-Fi. Yeah, you know, okay. Whatever. It'll only get better. That kind of stuff is very, very likely to happen, I think. I found out the other day, just before we do the final question, which you can do from Facebook, um, the, and it's a UK thing, but I was talking to a member of the band at a wedding. Um, who who was a uh, the forensics thing is just even though it's not forensics he was a hospital photographer um, so the forensics thing has just reminded me because of the similarities perhaps in some of the work that they did and he said he 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 left it because um, consultants now are making their own images they don't need the fancy camera setup anymore because they've got smartphones and they consider that good enough. Whereas sometimes he was making pictures of, or sometimes hideous stuff, Kev, that that would then have to be proved in a court of law, etc. You can imagine the kind of stuff he was needing to photograph. So a a simple iPhone picture or other flavours available, probably I wouldn't have thought was good enough. But what shocked me more than that was the fact that he says a lot of hospitals in NHS trusts, not trusts, I'm getting the shakes, trusts up and down the, the UK have amazing photographic equipment that will never, ever see the light of day because it's now in a cupboard. But because of the the way the NHS works, they're not allowed to give it away and they're not allowed to sell it. So one thing they do do, apparently, allegedly, is bin it. Wow. Isn't that a waste of money? (laughs) Honestly. Uh, And you could send it to a college, a uni, a school, a a whatever, charity... Don't do. I don't make me political. Don't make me political. Well, I'm trying, Kev. I'm, try- I'm pushing. I'm pushing. I'm pushing. That was that's not political. That, well, that's not necessarily political. Actually, that's that's a hospital's decision. That's nothing to do with politics. That, mm, it's that, NHS. That's yeah. to do with the NHS. Let's face, it, let's face it. They're trying to make the NHS as bad as possible to make more people go private. That's what they're doing. <laughs> I've got a lot of friends tied up in the NHS system at the moment, and it's you know the doctors and nurses, bless them, are doing their absolute best. But the, the system is absolutely broken. It's layer upon layer of management. And they want to break it. More. Because they want you to take private health and then they don't have to pay for it. I can't afford private health, Kev. I can't, afford that, political. I can't afford that <laughs> nick on. I can't, I can't afford a private health. What are you saying nope. here? Uh, no, exactly. <laughs> I'll be going to the local wi- the local Thatch and Witch doctor. That's where, I, that's where I'll be going. And Aaron Bevan will be rolling in his tomb. 
in his yeah right go on do a question let's rescue rescue kev from the political hole that he's in right oh now. i thought i'd finished for the day right no, no you haven't yeah, oh, yeah you, you were you were getting going you were getting going politics <laughs> <laughs> uh i had a good one now where was it it was an interesting one hang on hang on maybe it was an email i saw that came in and we haven't got to it yet um right anyway okay we'll just go with this and nigel Bateson says hey guys i've always had a laptop and ejected my hard drives before closing down i'm looking at purchasing a desktop and wondered as the hard drives will always be attached to this one do i still need to eject them before closing down absolutely not that's a very easy question isn't it no right yeah, no, don't worry about it, Nigel. Just enjoy it. Yeah. No ejection. No ejection seat necessary. When you uh, when you don't eject stuff, how much damage can you actually do? Because I know you get lots of warning signs up saying, oh, you've done this, you've done that, and sort of waggy finger looks at you from a computer. How much damage can it actually do, Kev? Uh, pass. You don't have to do it on Windows. You never really have had to eject even memory cards from the really? slots and stuff like that. Yeah, but... Yeah, I don't know. Probably can damage. <laughs> just, so, in other words, maybe it's Apple just being a little bit too, too security, too safety conscious. To uh, I don't know. Maybe yeah. there is an, you can, there is a you can right click and eject, but it doesn't really. You know, it's never really been. I think yeah, actually the later versions of Windows 11 has even gone away. But don't know. Pass. It yeah. Took, don't, took, if took, your computer has an eject button on your SD card, <laughs> then probably better to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Right, that's it for uh, another couple of weeks. Um, hopefully soon, Kev, we might have an interesting, very exciting thing to reveal. I was hoping we might have it this time, but we haven't. So it might be. Uh, it'll be hopefully next time. Um, Maybe. In, in the meantime, if you could please send in your questions. I think the cupboard is looking a little bare again. So uh, send them to Facebook. You can send them to the email address, which is click at fujicast.co.uk. Or, Kev, if we're going on to Facebook, how do we do it? Go to the Fujicast Facebook group, press join either myself, Neil, or the moderators, Steve and um, uh, Peter, will accept you. Uh, assuming that you look nice. And then at the top <laughs> is the post that says questions for the show thread. And you just join in. That's it. As easy as. Yeah. And also, that's where you will find lots and lots of discussions about all good things, mm. photography, and also good things like pick time. And um, we will also leave um, the uh, the links for today's show, including, I think, a link to Kev's new front room, um, which, which I think I think you need. See you in a couple of weeks, Kev. Bye. Bye. The FujiCast is an independent loading zone production. Email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk. Email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives, who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way.